0: Can't believe that we are poised on the on the edge of another new year. Who invented this summer and made it so short? I just who do we talk to about this, please? But it's fitting that we come to worship. Thank you, Myrna, Constantine for leading us. Thank you, chaplains. Thank you, Madam Provost, for your prayer for us. We'll have a chance to collectively pray in just a moment. I need to say a word about this, this uh, beautiful rendition of the world map. The university is using a map similar to this. In fact, it's on the cover of our bulletin. We got that from them. To, to highlight the theme, Engage Globally. Our president chose that theme. It's a fitting theme. Engage Globally. Well, I need to tell you that freshman at Andrew's Academy, Joshua Huslin. God bless him. Painted that yesterday. Beautifully done. And it captures where God wants us focused. By the way, if you come next Sabbath to this place, that will still be hanging there, and it will be covered with the signatures of new students, because next next Friday night I have the privilege of speaking to the freshmen, the new students as a part of their commitment, they will sign the thematic device for Fall Fellowship. They will sign the thematic device for Fall Fellowship, and now in a third space, we'll go that map with their signatures on it as their commitment to be moral leaders on this campus. We'll go one more class, and we'll go, Mr. President, through a four-year cycle. We'll start, then we'll take this one down, and we'll just keep working our, our way around. So... We're, we're excited that the freshmen are about here. Well, I'm giving credit where credit is due. Let's go. I've got a fascinating story I need to tell you. But first, we will pray. Oh, God, what the, what the men just sang, fruitful trees, the spirits tending, may we grow till harvest cease, till we taste in life unending heaven's love and joy and peace. Jesus calls us. You you have called us to a new year. Where did the summer go? Only you know, but we're here on the cusp of a new chapter. And so it is fitting that your servants have gathered in this, your house. We come, all of us, to worship the Almighty and to call down the blessings of heaven. Please hear our prayers and speak to us through Scripture. We humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I recently learned the rather unexpected, I would never have guessed this story to be true, certainly unlikely story of a relationship, relationship that developed between Francis Collins and Christopher Hitchens. Those names might ring a bell to you. Francis Collins, Christopher Hitchens. I'll put Christopher Hitchens on the screen first. There he is. Christopher Hitchens was, was one of the most militant and articulate atheist writers in America. He's a Britisher who came over to this country. He wrote for Vanity Fair and a whole basket full of magazines and journals. Articulate, acerbic. He wrote the book, God is Not Great, How Religion Poisons Everything. He just was on on a crusade. Now, let me put Francis Collins' picture on the screen for you. You may recognize him, Francis Collins, physician-turned-geneticist, who is, present tense, the director of the largest scientific organization in the United States, the National Institutes of Health. Collins, you might remember now, he's the one that directed the Human Genome Project to that stupendous completion of their feat to map. All three billion letters of the human genetic code. Wow. Collins. A Christian. So we have an atheist, and we have a Christian. Which is why, by the way, when Collins was nominated for his directorship of the NIH, criticism from some scientists, who was strident. One accused him of, of suffering from dementia. Another wrote in, I don't want American science to be represented by a clown. Richard Dawkins, another bright British mind. You know him as an atheist. Richard Dawkins appeared on the Bill Maher show. So, so Bill says to Dawkins, hey, let me tell you about Collins. He believes in a talking snake. And Dawkins just kind of clucked, he's not a bright guy. So. According to Philip Yancey, from whom I learned this incredible story, Francis Collins began to win over his critics. Yancey writes, As I have watched his career, Collins, one thing impresses me more than his many achievements, how he treats his opponents. How do we treat people who differ from our own convictions? (laughs) Collins, on his periodic visits to Oxford University in England, has has tea with Dawkins. They've been meeting again and again. Collins used the same strategy with Hitchens. They began to meet regularly. And then Hitchens developed esophageal cancer from his, as he confessed, excessive smoking and drinking. Collins learned of the cancer, and these are Collins' words... As NIH director, I approve many government-funded research grants, and I know about some rather cutting-edge approaches based on cancer genomics. And so, according to Yancey, Collins began to meet with the Hitchens family again and again and again, examining different medical protocol. What can we do to kill this thing? Christopher Hitchens lived with his cancer for about a year and a half and chronicled his battle in a rather regular column in Vanity Fair, in one of his last columns before he died. He talked about Francis Collins with this tribute. I have his words here, describing Collins as quote, one of the greatest living Americans. And he went on, our speaking of his family, our most selfless Christian physician. Christopher Hitchens died. No deathbed conversion. And yet he died in the care and compassion of one Christian scientist and physician who apparently considers it his mission to represent the love of God on this planet. Blessed reciprocity. Freely you've received, freely give. Seems to me that would be a rather appropriate description of a Christian Adventist university. Freely you have received, and oh my, have we. Freely give. Blessed reciprocity. Tucked away in this psalm that our has just read for us. Thank you. Uh, Chaplains, Psalm 67. Please open your Bible with me. Just a short but ancient song, ancient hymn, ancient prayer. Psalm 67. Let's go. I'll be in the New International Version. Whatever you have is fine. You didn't bring a Bible. Track this. You'll want to see this. Uh, Pull the Pew Bible out. What's the page number? Page uh, 393. Psalm 67. Let's go. Verse 1. May God be gracious to us. It's a beautiful prayer. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. It's intriguing, and you'll catch this immediately. It's intriguing to note that the psalmist, when composing this prayer, harkens back to the great. Aaronic benediction. It's called the sacerdotal benediction. It's what God told Moses to tell Aaron every time you let the people out from worship, I want you to say these words. Remember that? Say these words to them, Numbers chapter 6, 24 through 26. Let's put it on the screen. You know these words. Let's read it out loud together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you grace peace. The psalmist went to that and he said, I, I'm going to use these four words. Let's highlight the four words the psalmist says I'm going to embed as a clue in my, in my prayer. There they are. Bless, face, shine, gracious. Now let's put up Psalm 67, verse 1, and there they are. Gracious, bless, face, shine. Those who would read and sing this prayer knew, they knew, oh, yeah. But I love that picture of God, don't you? May God make His face shine upon you. What is it that what is it that 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 uh, leads people to have shining faces? When I thought of that question myself, I immediately thought of how many times have I stood right here on this platform, and the young couple has just embraced, they've kissed, and they turn around now, and I introduce them to the congregation, and boy, those faces are a thousand watts. May your face shine. Maybe for you it was when you. We're working on that piano recital when you were a kid. You remember that? Spending weeks learning that piece out of the John Thompson Piano Book, butchering it so bad that your little brother and sis and your parents were just praying, not another day of this, please. And then came the recital, and you sat down, and, oh, my, did you wax eloquent through your fingers, and when you were through, and you took your fingers off the keys, and you took your foot off of the sustain pedal, and you swung around on that bench... You know, there are not many people that go to recitals anymore, so the few people who were there, they just went. (laughs) And your mom and dad, oh, their faces are beaming like the headlights on your dad's old sedan. My brother and I actually uh, did a recital together. My mother said, I want you boys to play a piece. We're going to have all the missionaries over to our house. We're going to have, she would give lessons to some of them as well. We're going to have all you kids play a piece. And I want you boys to play March Militaire. Great piece, isn't it? You remember it? Anyway, it's four hands <laughs> Greg's two hands and my two hands. I'm bass clef, he's treble clef. Four hands, so we practice every day. It's actually five hands. Mom coming up. <laughs> Come on, guys, work on this. That's a five-hand piece. March military. Anyway, the day, the day of the this is a true story, the day of the recital. So we're sitting down in our own living room, the models of decorum for all the missionaries and kids who were there. And we start playing. As brothers, we always knew that when you're practicing, you never touch. You never touch each other. Don't touch each other on the seat. Don't touch each other this way. Just play your part and stay in your corner. So, we're going along, and I don't remember which of the brothers touched the other, but it was all an accident. It was probably me who touched Greg. So, and Greg is there thinking... We're going back and forth. My mother, mortified, wishing the floor would open up and swallow her. <laughs> I'm telling you, no beaming face when we were through. Psh, five-handed peace. Here's the fifth hand now. You know, when, when, when the Bible chooses to describe God as His face beaming on us, it's saying something about God. You are really special to me. I think you're my numero uno child in my whole family, the way you just played that piece, the way you just lived out that assignment on that planet, the way you spoke those words when you didn't have to say a thing, the way you prayed with tears. Ah, it just makes me want to cry with you, the the heavenly parent says. You are special to God. I don't care what your summer was like. I don't care what the new year will look like for you. You are special to God. That's why he has your picture on his refrigerator. Oh, may... How how does it go here? Oh, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine on us. Now, so that... Verse 2... So that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among... All nations. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, blessed reciprocity. A point so significant the psalmist intentionally adds it as the last line in the prayer. Verse seven, may God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Blessed reciprocity. You do remember what reciprocity means, don't you? Of course you do. That which is given or performed in return. Our uh, social psychologists who are here, Discuss reciprocity, referring to responding to a positive action with another positive action. You do this, I do this. Reciprocity is what Jesus meant when He said, Freely you have received. How's it go? Freely give. Blessed reciprocity. Wow. Freely you've received God's blessings. Freely give God's blessings. Blessed reciprocity. Which, by the way, means on a dedication Sabbath like today, and we're gonna we we gather to call down the blessings of heaven on a brand new year. God bless us. You know what it means? This is the appropriate prayer. It means that when we pray for God to bless us, put that on the screen, please. When we pray for God to bless us, it is to ask for God to bless them through us. The reciprocity means I bless you. Now you go and bless them. That's the deal. It is a mistake if we've gathered today to say we want to have the greatest year in the history of Andrews University coming up. Just bless us real good so the word will go out. No, that's not the deal, God says. The only reason I'm going to bless you is that I'm going to bless you so that you can bless them. Blessed reciprocity. That's the deal. And that's what the psalmist is talking about. Read it again. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine on us, verse 2, so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. Verse 7, may God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear Him. Oh, God, You bless us. Now, you hear? You bless us real good so that we may take Your blessings Those blessings to all the nations, to the ends of the earth. That's why we have a globe in front of Andrews University. When you come, thank you, Becky May, for letting us borrow this. That's why when you drive onto this campus, that beautiful globe where we all want to get our pictures taken in front of. What's the globe saying? The globe is saying what the President has chosen for our theme, Engage Globally. What's the President saying? The President is saying what God is saying. How do you like that? Engage globally. God says, I, I bless you, so do you bless them. In fact, God calls a little husband and wife, childless, Abraham and Sarai. Remember that story in Genesis 12? He says, hey, leave your hometown. I want you to wander up the Fertile Crescent, wander up the Fertile Crescent. Then I want you to come down a little backwater place that will eventually be called Palestine. I want you to set up camp there. You hear me? I'm gonna bless you. Here's what God said to Abraham in Genesis 12. I'm gonna bless you. So that through you, all the families of the earth may be blessed. Blessed reciprocity. I bless you so that you bless them. That's the deal. Blessed reciprocity. It is God's strategic plan. And by the way, those two words are well-known in a university, aren't they, Madam Provost? Strategic plan. It's God's strategic plan. I bless you. You bless them. By the way, watch how it works in the Old Testament. This is just fascinating to me. This is how it works in the Old Testament. Zechariah. Don't go there. I'll put it on the screen. Let's just read it on the screen. Zechariah chapter 2. The young prophet is having a vision, and he writes... Now, while the angel who was speaking to me was leaving, another angel came to meet him, the angel leaving, and said to him... Okay, so here's this other angel now. Run and tell that young man... Here's a message for that young prophet. Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of people and animals in it... Keep reading. And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Now lest we think that they' having a, you know, that, that the prayer is God just poured into us, come on. Lest we think that it would be different for Andrews than it was for Abraham. No, it's the same .MO. Same strategic plan. I want to take you just a little further in the book. If you were looking at it, you just turned the page. You come... There's a short little chapter. Zechariah 8. Another vision. Watch this. This is what the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts, says. In those days, ten people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe, and they will say to that one... Yo, are you from Andrews University? Hey, you from that place? They will say to her... Let us go with you, because we have heard that God is with you. The word's out. What's up? We heard about this. What are you doing there? Wow. Let us go with you. We have heard that God is with you. Talking about engage globally. Zacharias says, from all over the earth they will come. One more line. One more line. Isaiah 55, 5. By the way, these are not just too little isolated. This, this, this is embedded all through the Old Testament. This is Isaiah 55, verse 5. Surely, God says, "...you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you, because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for He has endowed you with splendor." Wow. Whatever it is you're doing, you are doing it to the max. Man, I am impressed. That's, that, that was God's Old Testament strategy. In in the Old Testament, God says, okay, I have my people right here. I'm going to bless them so much that the world's going to see, and they're going to come here. But when he gets to the New Testament, God has to go to plan B because plan A didn't work. So he says, okay, I have my people here, but I'm going to send them to all the world to take the blessing. I'll bless you. And then you bless them. Let's put that sentence one more time on the screen. To pray for God to bless us is to ask for God to bless them through us. That's the deal. Blessed reciprocity. Engage globally. Do it to the world. By the way, that's precisely why our mother institution, Battle Creek College. Anybody remember her? Battle Creek College. By the way, uh, 1874, the first building was dedicated 1875, exactly 140 years ago this year. Our mother... Had her first college building. Well, you know, remember in um, what was it, um, 1902, Battle Creek College? A little five foot three lady said, "Hey, get out of that place. Go down to a little obscure backwater village called Berrien Springs, and you do it out there in the country." And Battle Creek College became Emmanuel Missionary College. 1960, Emmanuel Missionary College became Andrews University, and here we all are from the whole world. Our president was saying. In his state of uh, the university address on Thursday. I mean, you want to talk about the world coming to Andrews? The numbers are just look look when you walk out of the church, there are all the flags. They're coming. But Andrews University not has the the, the strategy is not only to get them to come to us, the strategy, strategy is to get us to go to them as well. You can't engage globally only here, you gotta engage globally out there. Uh, so I came across some provocative. You've probably said seen this before. I have. Some provocative words that describe God's vision for Battle Creek College. Here we go. This little five foot three uh, lady, she wrote these, and they're all within three pages of each other. So I'm just going to put them up one sentence per slide. So give you a chance to just look at it. Here's, here's the first sentence Boy, isn't this something? God designs that the college at Battle Creek shall reach a higher standard of intellectual and moral culture than any other institution of the kind in our land. End quote. Now, I would have expected that little lady to write, you know, a higher moral culture. That's not only moral, that says intellectual and moral, higher than any other institution of this kind. Whoa, that's a pretty big dream. I will bless you so that you go out there and you bless them. Blessed reciprocity. Here's just a few sentences later comes this sentence. She's writing, Ellen White, I wish I could find language to express the importance of our college. I wish I could just find the words. Makes you wonder what she would write today. I wish I could find the words to tell you what God has called you to. Wow, what a university. Here's the third sentence, a little further on. Well, this is dynamite. Teachers have the most important missionary field in the world. We've got teachers from the public sector who are here right now. We've got teachers from the private sector. We've got homeschool teachers here. Teachers have... How does this go? Teachers have the most important missionary field in the world. <laughs> here's, here's sentence number 4. "...the College of Battle Creek should stand higher in moral tone than any other college in the land, that the safety of the children entrusted to her keeping may not be endangered." End quote. Ah, we got look, we got some we got some freshman parents here. We got some new student parents here. Bless you. We know the sacrifice you have made to bring your children here. And on the authority of this line, be assured, we are committed to heaven to care for that sacred charge that you will leave here in a few hours and do everything we can to raise him, to raise her up, continuing what you've done. Now, look, if you've done nothing at home, don't just dump them on our doorstep and expect miracles. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. You've been working hard. We'll work hard with you. We're committed to that. Fifth sentence, last one. Our college was designed of God to accomplish the great work of saving souls says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you beyond your highest expectations. You're going to demonstrate a higher standard of intellectual and moral culture, higher than any other institution of the kind in your land. I'm going to make you a mission field. They're going to come from all over the world to you to be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. The lost will come to you for you to lead them to Christ. You're not here just to feed the mind. You're here to lead the heart. Teachers have the most significant mission field on earth. You got it. We'll help you. We'll help you. You got the field. Wow, blessed reciprocity. Like Francis Collins. Like Francis Collins, Andrews University. Bright, bright, bright minds. Like Francis Collins. I'll bless you so that you bless them. Let's read it one more time. Verse 1, Psalm 67, May God be gracious to us and bless us. This is our New Year prayer. And make His face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Blessed reciprocity engaged globally. Why? Because to pray for God to bless us is to ask for God to bless them through us. Philip Yancey concludes his telling of the story of Francis Collins and Christopher Hitchens with these words. I'll put Yancey on the screen for you. Christopher Hitchens had no deathbed conversion, as far as we know, and passed from this life as a convinced atheist, but from one friend at least, he received spiritual care." End quote. I wonder who God will send to us this new year to receive the spiritual care they are dying for. They're coming. Oh, blessed reciprocity. They are coming. I say let us go forth to meet them, to love them, and to bless them. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, God, be gracious to us and bless us and make your face shine upon us this new school year like never before. Bless us so that through us you may bless them. And, Father, for this faculty who gives so sacrificially of themselves night and day, bless them. And for this administration who visions to raise the bar of your excellence higher and higher, bless them. And for the parents who have scrimped and scraped to entrust their children to us, bless them real good. Be gracious to us. Shine your face upon us and bless us so that we, through you, might bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.